0: So the latest episode of Brighton Rock Podcast with me, Peter, and Andy's Knot and Bravery. Uh, four of us to discuss the Everton game from last night, as we recall this, nil uh, 0-0 home draw versus the Toffees. And um, who would have Adam and eve it? Well, that's our midfield anyway, described. Um, having another good performance, Lalana and Basuma. And I've got the customary shake of the head from the boys. <laughs> apologies about that, so guys. Um, but... Don't know about the game, if we could really apologise for that because I think it was a decent effort all rounds. Not the result we wanted, but another point closer to safety overall. Would you agree with that? Let's go with Andy for Andy Kay first, shall we? Uh, well, I, I actually thought the game
2: was quite dull last night. Um, oh. Everton's squad is pretty threadbare at the moment and it really showed last night we were much the better side, but... You know, we've said this before, we say it again, lots of possession, no end product. Um, having said that, I did think Everton were brilliantly well organised. I was really impressed with their kind of defensive mm. strength and um, with one player in particular, actually, with Ben Godfrey, who um, uh, I think looks like a better centre-back than most others. Um uh, in the England setup,
0: not that he's yeah, he's excellent,
2: England. isn't it? Really good player. Um, and yeah, the reason why Godfrey wasn't talked about last night was because everyone was talking about um, the Eve bit of your intro. Um, who, yeah, he, he was he was brilliant last night, and um, he deserves to get the plaudits, and he deserves to go to. Not a top six, but a top
0: four club. Really does. Mm. He's that good, isn't he? Yeah. So that rules Arsenal out then, does it? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Sorry to our Arsenal listeners. Only joking. He he is better than Arsenal. I think he should go to, uh, I think he'll go to United City or Liverpool.
0: One of those three. Mm. That's some seriously good acclaim. And I have to say, I completely agree. I think he was absolutely outstanding. He's grown and grown, I think, gradually during his earlier part of his time with us. And this season, it's, it's gone off exponentially, hasn't it? It really is in a different stratosphere now yeah, to how he was.
1: This time last year, he, wasn't re- you know, he, was, he just started just before lockdown to become maybe the player we thought he might. But, he, mm. even, but up to that point, he's not really consistently. They'd been good performances, but there's nothing nothing that consistent. And in a year, he's gone from a player who played but wasn't always first choice. I mean, even this time last year, Stephens and Proper often selected, you know. And then post-lockdown, he just turned it up. He was just brilliant. And since then, he's been well, first choice automatically, hasn't he? He's been pretty first name on the team sheet when available.
0: I mean, could he, could he possibly be another option is to go abroad somewhere like Real Madrid, where... Um, you know, we're talking about the same level of uh, player. And it gives me the opportunity to do another ter- terrible pun by saying that he could be playing alongside Eden Hazard and playing in the Garden of Eden. No, no, let's leave that one. <laughs> um, yes, well, anyway, at least said about it, the better. Now, well, I mean, he um, is that sort of yeah. milk, though, isn't he? Well, um, Ma-
2: Madrid have got an age in midfield, haven't they? Um, yeah. I mean, they they looked very, very good um, when I saw them last week against Liverpool, actually. Um, But, yeah, he'd fit in well there. Um, PSG was also mentioned, and I think that's probably quite a good call because he came from Lille, didn't he? He speaks French. Um, Yeah. uh, So I would say that might be a possibility as well.
0: Yeah. And um, Andy Bravery, welcome to the show as well. What what was your view on... Basuma and and then broadly speaking about the game as a whole.
3: In terms of Basuma, um, yeah, I, I thought he was excellent. I mean, I think that the the thing for me in the last probably about the last twelve to eighteen months is that you rarely see him make a mistake. He rarely gives the ball away. He hmm. rarely panics under pressure. He, he um, you know, he's he's um, he, yeah, he's ball retention. It's been excellent. And, and that's the sort of the the building blocks for that kind of position that he plays. I'm still, I am still can't quite work out how he manages at times to be like a metre or so behind the forward, going towards our goal. They're about to attack, you know, get, really start to call into our two centre-halves. And within about three or four strides, he manages to not only somehow get in front of them, but get the ball off them and it not be a foul. I don't know how he does it. I need to yeah, really yeah. watch that really close up because he does it regularly. You think, oh, that's it. We're at it now. We're you know, we're, we're, we're in trouble. They're going to attack our centre-halves, probably go on and have a, at least a shot on target. And next thing, he's got the ball off them. And I think that's that ball retention and, and that, that play is the thing that's really improved. I'd I'd still love to see him shoot more just because he's clearly got a great shot on him. Hmm. Um, In terms of Godfrey... I watched a little bit of the England under 21s um the other the other day and obviously it's not quite the same standard as the Premier League but and I, I don't really know much about Godfrey at all but um he's really quick as well he's really fast I mean in that game anyway the under 21 game he looked like faster than anybody on the pitch so I look forward to watching him develop and clearly they have a, an excellent manager and they were very well organized um I mean my my view is that of the game itself was that it was a pretty average game. It was a game I thought we could win, particularly after um, Everton had so many injuries and we kept really their dangerous players quiet all all game. Um, I'd like to say it's because we didn't take our chances, but we didn't really create that many, if if the truth be told. And um, I've had a little Twitter conversation today with Tom Barkley of the Sun, who covers a lot of the games. and He reckoned that was the worst game he would seen all season. And he said, and it took some to beat, he said, because I've seen six or seven at the Amex. And we got into a bit of a debate about, a friendly debate, about, um, you know, what, from, from a neutral point of view, is it the, because he, he raised uh, the West Brom game, the Fulham game, um, and, and this one. Um, and, and I asked him, that, you know, is it is it because, is it the type of performance, or is it just the fact that if we'd scored a couple of goals in those games, then they would have been fine for the neutral. Is it just about the fact we haven't scored in, in some of those games, like the Villa one, where we dominate the game, but we just don't score? And, um, you know, he, he kind of half-answered it. But I think that's the thing, you know, that we, I, I think we've played similar to that all season. Some games we've we created more, but we've certainly blunted other teams. I mean, we've, there's something, there's something we must be doing as a team defensively that's, that's really quite something, because, lots of these teams come and play against us with these massive reputations and often not, they don't live up to them in the game. I'm thinking, um, you know, I can think of quite a few examples. Grealish, for example, certainly mm-hmm. our place, did nothing all game, um, but we couldn't win the match. Um, but from a point of view of a Brighton fan, I, I, you know, it's a point. It's a point It's taken us in the right direction. And I still think we can get quite a few points out of the next seven games. I, noticed, I think Chelsea are playing tonight and Saturday and then us on Tuesday. I think that's right. So, you know, that's, that's got to be there for a take. And then also that we're, we are better away from home than we are at home. So, I think it kind of suits us. And some of the teams we've still got to play, you know, I, I fancy our chances. So, um, yeah, for me, it was a point gained. But I think it was an opportunity, really, where we could
0: have taken all three. Yeah, for me, um, I think it certainly a game I would have taken a point before the match. But the way it was shaping up. I do think that we did um, we did take it, some, particularly in the second half. Um, people I was watching it with, uh, Raymond, for example, the gent said he thought that we were passing it too slowly, weren't getting enough tempo into the passing. I thought in places we weren't and other places we were, I, I think it, it varied a bit. Um, I thought it was more of a chess match. It was more of a tactical battle. Um, I wouldn't say it was a poor game, but I do think it was probably not the greatest of entertainment for the neutral. I think that's where it sits for me. Um, I think we had the better of it. And ultimately, yeah, for me, I came away a little bit disappointed that we didn't get better than the one point. Pleased with a clean sheet. I know, Andy B, you like a, a clean sheet, and at least we got that side of the equation sorted. But, um, yeah, we again, it was a typical home performance amongst many in terms of a lot of busyness, a lot of attempts to create something without actually creating enough clear-cut chances, maybe missing the few that we did. Um, Peter, what do you make of that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's been i f I've seen a few comments from people about criticizing Albion's style of play and that sort of thing at times and how we're a bit too sp- too paced. But I actually think if you could to blame anyone for the spectacle of the game last night is Everton. They came you know, to defend and it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult when the opposing team as good as Everton has six defenders on the pitch to break them down, whether you're Brighton or whether you're, you know, someone like Liverpool or something, I'd say. It's not that easy as teams yes, and founders, team pushing
0: for... They're pushing yeah. for the Europa League.
1: I, I that's the level. of the Obviously, as well, so we got a better result than hmm. Liverpool. We didn't concede at the end, which we were quite close to doing. I was slightly concerned at that point. And I think one or two of the other games that Andy mentioned, like at Villa home, to call that a boring game is ridiculous because we we had about twenty six shots, but not just that, but their keeper was by far the man the match. I don't think that's a, a fair one. I think Burnley and West Brom, you could argue, were pretty poor games, but Villa to me was a really good game, even though it ended nil nil. It was we we actually dominated that one and. So I think yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Kind of it's it, it's, it's good to say you know brighten up you know maybe overall. There's still people who I think want Houghton to, to it to be right that Houston should never have been sacked. But I you know, I think actually it's not wasn't us last night. was a problem. It was the fact that Everton because of their probably because of their resources with their injuries had to sit back and defend, and we because we don't have the, that little bit extra quality maybe just couldn't break them down.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, just just to go back to what Tom. So Tom Barkley came back and um, he, he said that he was a great. He's a big fan of Potter, and and he thinks that the way we play, we're just a clinical striker short of being a quite a, you know a, a high achieving team in the in the Premier League. But they cost a lot of money. I mean, just going back to Peter's point, I think when you when you're playing against a team that are that are sort of um, defending a you know a low line and and are trying to stop you. Um, from, from playing, then you've either got to have somebody who's got quick feet and can go past two or three players, and there aren't many of those around. That's why Grealish is, is kind of, you know, um, attracting the attention he does. Or second half again, I felt like that would have been a, a great game for um for us to have had lampty back because his speed down the line would have stretched it. And the second half was yeah. a lot more space. And I felt that in quite a few games, tight games, Sec, you know in, in in that we've played where it's tight and and we're going into the second half and all of a sudden there's a little bit more space we just haven't got you know we haven't got the players to exploit that at the moment because we've had so many so many injuries and you know i don't i don't know what what he's supposed to you could only play with the players you've got and you know whether um he plays Veltman at right wing back or he plays um Gross at right wing back neither of them could do what Lampy can do but then there's other things that they could probably do that lampy can't yeah, so, I so. yeah, I agree, and
1: I and I think I w- I was watching when I made yesterday on on Zoom, and um, but yeah, I kind of I, sh- I was looking at thinking we needed a sub probably about an hour mark or something like that, and there wasn't really that much as you say due to the the like injuries that sort of on the bench to bring on McAllister maybe, but he's not been in great form the last few weeks. Other than that, there's not really anyone who can bring on to change the game with the injuries we've got. That's really going to change a game. I don't think that's the problem. <laughs>
0: Not seven minute Ali Razor then. <laughs> 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 I yeah.
3: yeah.
0: I do wonder whether like he
3: he gets on occasionally because if if there's one player that that might do something really unpredictable and brilliant, it's him in amongst a lot of very average stuff. So I can kind of sit on one level, but I think you're right, Pete. I think that when he looks at the bench, I, I think at the moment he's looking as if to say. If certainly if we're if we're trying to get the win or we're you know we yeah we're trying to get the, the winning goal or a goal back, he's clearly not convinced as a lot on the bench at the moment that um can do any better than what he's already got on the pitch, and um I'll be intrigued to see where Percy Telle is in the next two or three weeks because I'm already beginning to I know he's been away with South Africa but I'm always I'm always I'm already beginning to wonder actually whether he's he's seen enough to know that he's not what he needs.
0: I've got, I'll put it back to you, Andy Kay, because I, I mean, I, I wonder what you think about Lamptey because I thought it was one of a number of games where we could have done with him in that in that match. I wonder what your views on that and if you want to broaden yeah, the I debate. Mean, and... um,
2: just, just to stop the beautiful agreement, I actually disagree on that point. Um, as much as I love Lamptey, um, I, I think he's least useful against a team that is playing with a solid low block like that because his pace doesn't come into it quite so much. That's, uh, I, I, I do agree with um, Andy's point about Jahan Batch, you know, uh, um, who is te- technically very, very good. Um, and I, I think that's why he's brought on for the mis- mysterious seven minutes or so. I mean, I've, I've said a few times um, that I think Jahan Bach um, should be moved on. It'll be better for... Um, all concerned and um my fear is that the same should be said about tau as well um n- not because i've seen too much of him but his twenty is he came to us at 26 uh he didn't really set the belgium top league alight um but of course he's he's done it in south africa and for their national team so um, I'm not writing them off, but um, yeah, I have certain fears about, about him. Um, what else can I say? Well, um trying to agree on a point. I, I really do take Andy's point about um, our defensive organisation, which I think has really come to fruition since Sanchez has, has come in. Um, I, I think it's, Sanchez looks amazing, and he, he may even go for even more money than Basima. Um Not not this window, but perhaps a, the following summer. Um, yeah, he's but, a rapidly rising star, isn't he? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I,
0: I think we've got four quite brilliant centre-backs um, when it comes down to it. Um, yeah, because what I thought White was outstanding yesterday as well. Um, we'll maybe talk about him a bit more in a moment. But um, I wanted to put it to Peter because you wanted to come in at this point um, over to you. I,
1: saying, I agree with what everyone's saying about how I think that yeah, he's his age means that it's not really sure to work. But you look at Moda who came in similar situation in January and was brought back from Malone, and you know he's fitted in pretty much straight away. I know he didn't immediately go in, but he's played three or four games now at the age of 21 and looks like he's you know really belongs in that team, whereas Tao yeah. does not have the chances yet. And when he has, has not really taken a McBarring, I think a brief uh, cameo appearance at Man City. I think the other thing is, ironically, bringing back Webster may actually improve our options off the bench attacking-wise because if we play Webster, we can move Veltman to right wing-back and then you maybe have Brush off the bench, at least who's someone a bit creative who might be able to make, you know, make it a bit of a difference or maybe you rest Lallana for one game as well and then he's off the bench. If you want to maybe next game at Chelsea, you don't play Lallana from the start. So that he's available for Sheffield United or something, you know, or whatever way around he to do it. But it does mean, and at least if, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't bring Security, on this. That was the one I thought maybe they would bring on. And at least, I mean, Connolly, although I'm not convinced by him, at least it's a slightly different option to, to offer something different if it's not working out for Malpay like it wasn't really last night. So, I mean, we are obviously short up front and in that sense, but at least we'll have Grash as an option if we do, potentially, if we do kind of move Veltman to right wing back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Andy's point about playing against the low block that um, the likes of Grealish would be good. I, you know, and Lillan is the most obvious player that has got not only the kind of dribbling skills, but but also the, the eye for the pass. Um, uh, and, and there was a, a few quite brilliant interplays um, in the bots yesterday, Um particularly one in the first half uh, that involved... I, I can't remember what the outcome of it was, actually. Um, but very, very good. The other thing that I, I think would be good against a low block would would be the likes of Glenn Murray. Um, uh, yeah. uh, or a tall striker that is good in the air. And, and then you can put crosses in, which you know, obviously we can't do with um, our um, vertically challenged forwards.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've said before, with games like the Sheffield United home match, I thought that Glenn Murray would have suited that game. Just, just to have cameos in certain games, even off the bench, as things are not working out after 70, that's when you put him on. Um, I know he's coming to the end of his career now, but somebody of his ilk, the next one of him as yeah, I mean, part the... of the squad setup, would be...
2: My point always on Murray was um, I, I I completely agree with you what you're saying there, but it m- may well be the case that Potter sat down with Murray and said, this is how I want to use you. And Murray said, this is my last year. I, yeah. I want to play more. Um, and I nice said, that's that's what did happen. Um, but mm. yeah, what, what we need is uh, a taller striker, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we, if we can get him fit and available and his hips in the right place and don't it a bit stronger and a bit taller than maybe our other options, a bit more, certainly more physical, although yeah. possibly verging on too physical much half the time. But, you know, at least he'd have a bit more presence up front, a bit more kind of strength in the area if we could use him off the bench even, you know, for the last few games if he somehow managed to get into the point where he was... Available, you know, he's an option at least, and he, he's also actually a combination, which is why I think it was surprising it never worked out for him of someone who's got a bit of pace but also quite tall, which is what we've been crying out for in the Premier League. Because you've either got Murray, who's got the, obviously the height but had no pace, or you've got the kind of smaller strikers who don't have any sort of physical presence. But Andone, to me, seemed always to combine that, which is why I was a bit surprised that it didn't work out for him really
2: here. Yeah, um, in terms of Andone, I, I, I don't think he's quite as tall as you're making out, but he he's pretty good in the air, actually. Yeah, um, yeah very good. And he's certainly not sure he certainly does have that six, strength and pace that you're talking six, about. Six, um, uh, and he, I mean, he did play for the under twenty threes the other day. Mm. Went off after eleven minutes. Potter's actually said it was precautionary, and there's he, he's almost back in training. So yeah, I, he was feeling his hamstring. I think. Yeah. Or wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I suspect that we might see him this season, and he may well mean that we don't go into
0: um, the market to sign a striker. Um, yeah. Yeah, if he does figure then, I think, um, uh, ongoing, then I think that's that's correct, actually. I think you'd be right, apart from maybe some prospects or something like that. Um, over to the other, Andy. What's your view well, on that? Just,
3: just coming back on um, on Sanchez, because he took a knock last night, didn't he? He looked like he was struggling for a bit of the game. So I don't oh, know yeah. I guess, um mm-hmm. Anyone's heard anything about that? But also just just Don Sanchez, and I mean, I, you know, I think Andy's he's right in a way that, um, you know, a year ago or, so, or two years ago, he's he's um, he's playing up at Rochdale, not really. I mean, I mean, I'm aware of him, but not didn't really know much about him. And now, actually, um, he would be the um, he would be the answer, really. I think to the England goalkeeping query, you, get, you know, you're going to play a goalkeeper who's a good goalkeeper or an excellent goalkeeper, or are you going to play someone who's, um, who, can, you know, who can play the ball out of defence? Because watching Pope the other day, there's no doubt that he's a great goalkeeper. There is no doubt about that at all. But they were going on about, oh, he's got to improve his kicking. Well, you know, well, well the first bit about the kicking is the first touch, and he hasn't got it. And you can't, you can't teach someone first touch at that age. They've either got it or they haven't. Because as soon as they're under pressure, they go back to what they've been doing ever since they were a kid, and he's probably been whacking it out, and that's what he's been told to do. And actually, Sanchez could do that, but I suspect Sanchez will now um, play for Spain and, and that'll be it. But I was just thinking, watching the whole England game thinking that Sanchez would have been better there. Sanchez would have been better there. Sanchez could have done more with that. So, um, you know, hopefully he stays with us for another year or two. But yeah, we've gone from somebody who like, was like third or fourth choice to someone now who probably, if he carries on the way he is within a year, is probably going to be worth 50, 60 million, if not more, you know. I mean, he's only going to go one way from what I can see. And, and I think defensively, he probably, I mean, we don't know, but it, we have to assume that he does a lot around the organisation. But I think that the um, the beauty of it is, is, that, um, is that I think it's the way the whole team defend, you know, even more pay last night. He was having a very average game and what, you know, his flicks and passes weren't really coming off. He's still covering a load of ground. They're closing down right from the, you know, they just don't let the other team settle. And I think, that the way we defend throughout the team is really what's probably got us those clean sheets, you know, long may it last. And 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 I'd love to see um, Webster back into the team because you're right, it does it does allow us then to look at Burn as well as a sort of you know left wing back option when we want it, uh, or Moda depending on. All of a sudden, we've got some choices there. We haven't really had a lot of choice for a while.
2: Yeah, just just a very small point about Sanchez. I, I think he's now kept eight clean sheets in 20 games mm. Uh, mm. which is some going yeah yeah
0: absolutely was that clean stat, there was that other
3: stat just coming back clean sheets there was that other stat as well that we saw, saw today about um we've got the most was it the most clean sheets at home in 2021 is that right it is right yeah
1: yeah it might be maybe, yeah
3: yeah, was
1: high, yeah. i was working out i get it's five clean sheets at home this
3: year yeah yeah it's not bad
1: Similarly, you look at our record since the turn of the year, and we've got as a result, we've got 20 points from 15, I think it is, this year, as compared to 13 from 16 in 2020. So, I mean, that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, it's it, ironically considering that it's all been about our goal scoring problems, but it's the fact that we are scoring the old goal, you know, a, a few goals still, and we're not, now they're meeting something rather than losing 3 2 or 2 1 or whatever. We're now winning 1 0 or drawing 1 all or something. So, the, so, those goals, and that's, so, I mean, it's, it's, I think one of the Andes was saying during our good run when we were beating Tottenham and Liverpool, it actually isn't our, the goal scoring that improved, it's the fact that our defence was getting
2: better. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, that, that, that was the other Andy. But um, if you have a look at the table at the moment, um, uh, uh, not only have we got one of the best defensive records in the bottom 10, um, but we, we're actually f- third highest scorers in the bottom 10
0: as well. Yeah, so
1: much better than anyone else is, pretty much, in the
0: bottom line. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that. Richard Holberton, friend of the show, and the pod squad, also Seagulls Over London member, he, he on the Seagulls Over London WhatsApp, he said pretty much the same thing. He said, um, we have the second fewest goals conceded among the lower half teams um, after Villa. Some would say that's just as well, given our well-documented chance conversion problems. But perhaps more surprisingly, only two lower half teams have scored more than us, Villa again. And Southampton all means that the goal difference is way better, as as you have pointed out, Andy. So, yeah, the points have been well made there. And I I do think when you look at goal difference, it's usually a pretty good clue as to whether a team is genuinely going to struggle come season's end. Um, Back to Andy bravery. Yeah, so when you look at when you look at those two teams, you've got Southampton who've got
3: um, Ings and Ward-Prowse. You know, so they've got Hmm. two angles covered there. You know, Villa have got I've got Grealish and Watkins you know and that's a different that could be the difference between you know I, I do think that if we there's so many games if we could just go two ahead that we would have ended up winning um partly because I think the other team would start to lose heart and it'd be easier to defend against them than it is when you're 1-0 up you know that I just think we'd be so much further up the league than we are it's just it's so it's that's the bit that makes it frustrating it's it's just it's within touching distance it really is of being a kind of yeah edging on the top 10 bizarrely and yet here we are still kind of counting our, you know, our fingers to work out how many points we're going to need to stay up, you know, to secure mm. our place for another year. Peter? Yes, yeah, so I, I
1: agree with everything you were to say there. I was just going to take it quickly back to what you say about Sanchez because I agree, I'll be honest, I, think I held my hands up to the fact that I wasn't, I was very surprised when Ryan was dropped. I thought he, was, he wasn't treated that well or whatever. And I still think that if, if Sanchez... Got the knock last night and goes off. We're struggling goalkeeper-wise, and I'd like just to see a sign of someone in the summer. But it's interesting point about Sanchez is to me he was playing in League One in Rochdale last season, as Andy was saying, and not I don't think he was particularly setting the world on fire. Who else is there? Alzate was on loan at Swindon before, who then came straight into the team. You wonder who next season might be. You know, someone like Taylor Richards, who's doing really well at Doncaster. Obviously, never played above League One. Does he get you know kind of fast tracks into the team? Or you know, one through the championship ones. You know, it's it's interesting that we seem to have you know a lot of loanees out in league won the championship who might be potential ones, given Potter's happy to let you know to give young players a chance that might just jump in and you know be actually the next first team option or as you know kind of backup option for in future.
0: Well, it's good that you said that, actually, because first of all, Taylor Richards scored again at the weekend and it was a cracker. Um, well, they lost at home they're having a bad run of form, but um, nonetheless, he'll be glad of his goal. Uh, just cut in and, and shot it from range with his left foot right into the top corner. It's a cracking goal. Um, can, I, can I just come
2: in on that point? Because there, there is a clip of his goals for Doncaster this season and they're yeah. all quite similar, actually. Um, yeah. Him running and shooting from outside the box, um, all with his left foot. Yeah. Of course, but um,
0: yeah, pretty I impressive. I think he's, he's an interesting prospect, isn't he? And I, I I don't have any idea whether he's any good for free kicks. If he is, then he could become our ward prowess as well. Uh, but um, that would be a bonus. I don't know if that's the case or not, but yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it was, it was a cracking goal and um, in first half injury time, I think it was. But he scored a, quite a few goals this season. He's looking like a genuine prospect. Um, a lot of as you just alluded to there, Peter, a lot of them are out on loan. Um, and that what that's done is it's allowed us to play, I think, some underage players in the 23s and in general to, to have even greater depth under the surface there at that younger age level. I looked at the Southampton game, latter um, park part of last week. We very, very comfortably beat them 3-0. And we looked better than three goals, uh, better than them. Um, I have to say, Kobovnik is ready-made. He's He's ready to go. He played right wing-back. Um, which he insists isn't his side. Um, He looked bloody brilliant there. um, The link-up play with Danny Cashman, who plays as a forward, can play anywhere across the front. He looked really good. He's very busy. He just seems to move about and just take up positions all over the place, which is the kind of intelligence of play that you want um, for stepping onto the first team. I know there's a long way to go. But that link-up play between those two, Teddy Jenks in midfield, they they're looking seriously good those those guys now really good players some of the others are an earlier who are in that team are at an earlier stage of development to be fair so it's a mix- match of different um levels but i do think kobovnik and Cashman are are looking like they're they're really good prospects now kobovnik obviously is is a senior polish international now um but you know good players and Kaiseido, i think might need a bit more time but he he looks very good as well He's just a bit raw, I think, at the moment. But uh, what what do you think about those? Did any of you see the game, actually?
2: I I saw a bit of it. Um, Karbovnik um, uh, is right-footed and I think he would rather play on the right rather than the left. But I I think even more than that, he'd rather play um, Um, centre-mid. But, yeah, he did look very impressive. That, I mean, the player that stood out for me, and whenever I've seen him, actually, is Teddy Janks. He um, mm. got two goals in that game, which... He
0: uh, did, yeah. Well taken to
2: um, mm. um, Yeah, I, I didn't really see enough of Casado to 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 really comment. Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh, Peter? You're talking about
1: Karbofnik. I know there's some rumours going around. Um, Andy Naylor mentioned it, that we might be looking at... A, a left wing-back alternative to March in the which would suggest that we're potentially looking at Karbovnik as the right wing-back or even as midfield, as Andy's saying. And probably, you know, kind of... And that will cover quite a lot of areas. Then, because You've got Veltman, Karbovnik and Lamptey you can play right wing-back and then potentially Karbovnik March and uh, another left wing-back to play, to play there. And also potentially freeze up March if we did want to play him further forward at the front three or something as well as an option, assuming we stick with this formation... Um, which would be quite good as well. So one more option there,
3: more more options, but more versatile players.
0: Yeah, and Mister Bravery. That's yeah. You? I mean,
3: I, I think you're definitely going to need some um, and cover for Lampy because I think Lampy's injury is going to be for a while until he's sort of um, you know a bit older. Is is going to be recurring, I think. Yeah. So I think you're going to need to have some cover there, um, and you know who knows with Potter I mean he might already have three or four players in mind who could play there you just don't know do you I mean he's very fluid very fluid <laughs> in the way that he plays he plays his players I mean who would have thought that Modder would would make the team at left wing back
0: and or he, he yeah round. exactly I mean it's it's random isn't it yeah but both of those are, are surprises uh, as was Burn before him on, on the left wing back he's but curious. Modder's looking
1: well not he at left wing back yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Moda is just growing rapidly into the roles that he's been uh, placed into, and um, I think he's looking excellent. Um, he's still not the finished product, and his finishing. In fact, is the bit of the finished product that he needs to finish uh, not, a little bit not, more. Not, not
2: not for Poland, and he gets yeah, exactly, yeah, except for what he's playing he, against he England, gets yeah.
0: into those positions. Um, yeah, you know, but he's, he's having a go, and they're not they're not far off, are they? I think. Um, well,
2: and, the, I, mean, I The two, two from yesterday were extremely good, I think. He had a couple yeah. kind of poorer ones, but the uh, early on in the game, he had that high ball that he hit on the volley with his left foot, which really yeah. wasn't far away, and he connected with it really well. And it It's beautiful, that been wasn't it? It's yeah. difficult to get that in and on target. Um, but also the, that very good corner routine that we did, I mean, that was only inches over. And he he hits it really well.
0: Hmm. Um, it's funny because with the stats, uh, there was um, I think it's the Sheffield United home game, the Palace home game, the Villa home game, and the Everton home game. They've quoted four games there where we've had more than twenty shots on goal in those, those matches and um, not won any of the matches, which um, is, a, is a curious and slightly worrying stat. However, the fact that we're creating so many chances is interesting. I wonder within that how much of that is to do with shots from range or inappropriate shots, but it does seem to me, and it's been pointed out actually on the Seagulls of London WhatsApp page as well that we were chatting about, that we are seeming to be taking chances with or taking shots at goal from range with purpose a bit more. Just to quickly quote a couple of people, Jeff from Seagulls Over London had said that he did notice Biss took a couple of shots from outside the box yesterday in addition to what normally would. And I think Lalana took some that I wouldn't normally expect him to do. In response to that, Alan from Seagulls Over London said, yes, they did, but frustrating when the technique of um, keeping a head down is not executed. I must admit that is a frustration. Um, Easy to say from armchair, but nonetheless it's a key reason for sending the ball into orbit every time and Hannah um, who we had on the show as well a few weeks ago she said it's great to see them taking the shot but it feels like we take too long to set to tee up the opportunities um, and it ends up being a waste as it um, sails over the bar. I think if we're getting better at doing this um, and certainly if you've got the likes of Taylor Richards comes into the team maybe later down the line or if Lilana or Sumer get their shooting boots on a bit better, and certainly if Moda can keep getting shots on target as he is, that's got to bow well. I think the ratio of success will improve in that regard. But as Alan had said, there you've got to keep your, keep your head down so you don't um, sail it over the bar. Uh, Peter,
1: I think the, the Villa game and last night show you that the shots that is a bit meaningless, really, generally. Yeah, I think yeah. there's like they we had 20 shots in both games, or 20, I think it was 26 I was looking up at Villa and up in the Villa, and then 23 last night. But the difference was so it was huge. I mean, you know, Villa we had about nine ten on target. Marcedes was clearly man the match and had a brilliant game last night. I don't think I don't think um, Olson really made a proper save. I mean, I think there was three shots on target and they were all pretty much straight at him. And yeah, yeah there was a
0: block, I mean, wasn't there? More pace shot was blocked. I think. Oh yeah, so, a lot. A lot someone of else I mean, as well.
1: It was, just, it was just snapshots and shots from distance that were, especially as we got on and we needed a goal and we were getting a little bit more desperate. I think it was kind of. Like that. So, I mean, I think last night really was a fast last 23 shots. I was surprised. Whereas Villa, I think it was a reflection of the game and we were absolutely dominant. And it, if it wasn't for a brilliant goalkeeper performance, we would have won that game.
0: Yeah. And um, Andy, bravery first and then the yeah, other so I gonna,
3: All I was going to add to that was, was that, you know, in the, in, um, I think it was the Newcastle game and the Southampton game, to, we were able to create one chance in both games where it was literally the ball's near the penalty spot and it's a one on one. And on both of those, we put the goal away. And last night, we couldn't create a chance like that. You know, it was always going to have to go through two or three pairs of legs um, or, you know, just try and um, toe-poke in the corner or something or chip over the top. I mean, there was the overhead kick, wasn't there? Was that Bersuma? Yeah, I was just going to yeah. come
0: on to that. Bersoum, yeah, wow, yeah, glorious.
3: But, <laughs> I mean, me. I think those other two games, what we managed to do was create a bit of space and have a one-on-one with the keeper. We scored both goals. We just didn't do that last night. And I think that's partly because they'd occupied their, their 18-yard box and just couldn't find a space in there.
0: Yeah, so I mean better shots from range is one way to break it down. As you said, um, having a greenish type player who can maybe open pockets of space in tight areas is another. Um, I'm not sure I do agree with Andy Kay about the, the Lamptey thing because I think Lam- what Lamptey can do in those scenarios as opposed to more counter-attacking ones is um, the speed of movement within the box can, can open gaps of space. Maybe maybe not so much that he's going to burst through and do something, but that his movement, his his speed getting across from one side to the other within the penalty area could open up space in tighter areas, maybe. Maybe just a thought. But anyway, back to you, anyway, Andy K, uh, for your points.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I suppose this might be a slightly more controversial point as well. I mean, like you, Russell, I do take the goal difference to be a quite important stat. You know, obviously hmm. the points total was the most important um, but and I, I think I might be differ from Peter here. I, I think expected goals is is a really good guide. Um, uh, it shows you where the problem is um, and our problem is, as we know with our finishing um, and I do want to um, call out Mope for that effort that he didn't get on target. I I thought he did okay with that one. That uh, in the first half actually seemed to be going into the corner. Uh, the one that um, Mina blocked, um, but Basuma set him up on a plate in the second half, uh, and he didn't manage to get that on target. I, I like Mope, but um, I have to say I've been pretty disappointed with him this season hmm. overall.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I, I don't think I don't disagree with you about expected goals. I think it does show, even though we've we've been pretty level position wise in the time we've been in the Premier League, that we're underachieving this year in terms of what we should be getting. Whereas I think first season, third second season, we were overachieving based on a very solid defensive three in in Duffy, Duncan, Ryan, and Murray scoring more chances than anyone would expect. I, I think it is a fair rating. I and mean, for a game I think for a game last night, you look at our expected goals compared to Villa, for example, even though it was the same score, I would say it's a significantly lower, despite the fact that we had only three fewer shots. Um, I think the interesting bit, I agree with you about mope 's chance second half. I think it was yep, yeah, that was the chance that we had the other one was, was Lalama's one second half as well, where he had the space and he, he just took a little too long over it and kicked it, and put it above. So, that was the other one where I thought he might have done done better. Otherwise, we didn't really have a clear chance. I mean, the other thing I, I thought was inter- interesting about that Mope move was, yeah, how Basuma broke into the box because I think a lot of people are putting him down as a almost defensive midfielder in the media, but that shows that he's got the skill to break forward and, and call, bring, you know, make chances and beat players and that sort of thing. He, he's not just a defensive midfielder. He's got far too much quality to be, you know, put into that just into that box and described as that. You tend to kind of like or to put players into, like, kind of easily describable things, and they're like, oh, he's a defensive midfielder. He's not. He's got real class going forward as well. He just does the simple things a lot of the time, but can do brilliant stuff as well.
0: Yeah, some little sort of shimmies and shuffles, including that one where he burst in in the yeah. inside left attacking position to create a chance. Yeah, really good play. Just, just intelligent mean, movement.
2: Uh, he, he does it in the middle of the park so much. I mean, I, I, I take hmm. Andy's point he's making about him seemingly winning the ball when it seems to be impossible. But the way he receives the ball in the middle of the park and, um, you know, when, when there's an opponent or two kind of in his midst, he, he always gets away from them. And there aren't too many central midfielders that actually carry the ball like that, actually. Um, uh, I, I really can't think of, of many that... C- certainly... Um, that do it as regularly as he does
0: He's a really class, classy act isn't he it? It just absolutely it's just Rolls Royce football isn't it watching him on the ball um, as you said the way he, he controls the ball he just um, it's, that, it's that classic element of if you do it well enough you keep the time um, you don't get closed down so easily and the reputation quickly grows. People stand off you because they know there's no point bothering, which actually then affords you even more time. Sometimes it's, it's a disheartening for the players, but they tend to drop into that habit um, quite often. Um, on the subject of Pissouma and, and Andy's alluded, Andy Bravery's alluded to it earlier. And that overhead kick—I know it didn't go in—but what a magnificent effort that was from a ridiculous angle. I think it was the second ball in quick succession that had gone to him in that area or gone to someone in that area. And he, he basically, ha- he could only take a certain type of a touch to to keep it under control. It looped in the air and he just did a sort of a swivel move motion. It's just bit graceful looking, wasn't it? And as he floated through the air to kick it and he got just the right kind of weight of contact on it, but he just needed a slight bit of an angle, which is a ridiculous amount of asking to have achieved on top of the actual move that he did do. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? If that had gone in, that's goal of the season. Um game over isn't
2: it? yeah, yeah, it would have been stunning uh as much as I hate him i, I do think um Lamele's goal was was quite something um oh yeah, yeah. the Rabona yeah yeah, uh, also in terms of goal of the season contenders, and um got a really really good one can 't remember who who it's against, but he lifted it uh, it's one of those goals that you you so rarely see and um I, I think they should, should be the ones that get flagged up for girls of the season
0: yeah um steering it onto the me oh actually sorry andy bravery you wanted to come in on that as well do you want to go ahead on basuma yeah if if that's what you are uh, well for, yeah i
3: mean i well um no, i just wanted to just before i leave i just wanted to um to say about basuma will be that I think he's going to be really difficult to replace and I think we're going to might have to find another way of, of playing in the midfield without him there because we haven't got anybody like him and I think if I go back to the basuma when he first arrived if you looked at him at times he gave the ball away and that cost us goals and there was a couple of others there was, funny enough one that Lamella scored against us where basically he was tracking back with Lamella and he just stopped running and Lamella went on and scored a goal and those are the kind of things that he's got out of his game. And you're right, when he goes forward with the ball, he can go forward with a lot of speed. And you could imagine him going forward with a lot of speed. If the defender's coming at him, they're going to have to come to him because they know he's going to have a shot that, that certainly, is. if he gets it on target, it's probably going to go in. Um, and if he's got better forwards around him making clever runs, then he can also play it off. So I think that that's the potential for, for him to go. And I think he will go because I agree with Pete that at some point you've got to allow these players to go if the right offer comes in. But um, I worry a little bit how we're going
0: to replace him. I just think we're just going to have to play a different way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You've got to go at this point, haven't you, Andy? So, Andy Bravery. So, thanks for joining us. Um, Cheers. And we'll see you next time you're on. Excellent. And as he departs, we pass the ball back to Peter in midfield. (laughs) On my screen. I I
1: agree agree (laughs) with people what Andy said. I think longer term, whether it's immediate next season or not, Moda is seen as the replacement. I'm not saying he's the same sort of player, but I think... He potentially alongside Lallana. Potentially, initially, if we have the defensive options, there may be White moves in initially. I don't see us going out and spending money on a central midfielder in the summer. I don't think we'll be replacing him directly, even if we get like £50 million for him. I think what yeah. that money mainly will go on, I think I said for a while, a striker. Potentially a left wing-back as well. Conceivably a keeper if we really are pushing it out. And I still would like to see one more option in the front three, even if we sign a striker as well. But I don't see us going out to replace him. It'll be probably yeah. Moda... Lalana sort of thing and then yeah maybe
0: white if they can push him forward if they yeah need to. we we might i mean things have taken the truth tw- but brentford have struggled they've come back a little bit recently but it doesn't look like there's any chance of them getting into the autos now for example if they do get in the playoffs it's a lottery if they miss out i've said it before but ivan tony i think would fit the bill nicely if we are going for a striker that is just about a feasible option financially certainly if we've sold basuma um as part of what we spend the money on and um, there are one or two other options besides, but, um, you know, who knows what we're, what we're thinking about there. But I do think if we did sign someone like Tony, we'd probably put someone like Conley out on loan, I guess, um, in, in terms of the actual, just the personnel numbers in the squad. Um, Andy. Yeah. I mean, I, I
2: completely agree with everything that um, Andy and Peter have just said there. Um mm. When a club loses their best player, it's it's almost silly trying to find a like for like replacement. You 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 need to find the improvements elsewhere in the team. Yeah. Um, and um, Peter's spot on. We we've got we've got this conveyor belt production line type method, and Moda and Casado um, will uh, um, f- fill those boots eventually, but. The issue is when, when Basima turned up to us, it, it, he wasn't the player that he is now. Um, and we're probably going to have to wait a couple of years for that to happen um, with with those two. Although, uh, you know, I, I do agree, Moda looks extremely impressive. Um, uh, there, there was an interview with him on the club's website. He was asked what his preferred position is. And, he, you know, he... It, Everything he said was was the right thing. He said, you know, I I want the minutes. I'll play anywhere, um, but if I'm asked what my preferred position is, it's as a six or an eight. Um, and but P- Peter's spot on with um, the requirements that we need. I I I think we need someone to push Chossard a little bit as well. Um, hmm. uh, and okay. so I think you're right and talking about the the kind of front three, a non-number nine type striker.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I actually think if we get it right up front, even if it's just literally Basuma out on a, a new striker in, I think that the team will be stronger because we might slightly drop down in terms of maybe the overall performance, but we'll take more chances, which means that we'll be higher up the league initially. And then we can start maybe looking to rebuild from midfield with, are improving, hopefully, like, like Basuma did. But I do think if we have a new striker in who, who works, obviously that's the big issue. I mean, just because you spend £25 million or £30 million does not mean in any way that it's guaranteed to work. And that's always a problem. Look at, look at Joe Linton, look at um, Haller at uh, West Ham and that sort of thing, you know. But, you know, if you can get the right player, and I don't think we'll spend on what they say is a proven striker because there's such a thing that we can afford because any player who's proven in Premier League, by definition, is out of our price range.
2: Unless they're really old, I suppose, and kind of past it, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's it's quite... all wages, isn't it? I mean, I, Abraham's out of favour at Chelsea, and if we could get him, that'd be great. But you know, you you, would, hmm. you know, even if he wanted wanted to come to us, it costs 100, 150 thousand yeah. a week in terms of wages, and
0: yeah,
2: you know, the the question there is Tony's talked about top 10 and um if we're going to get anywhere near it we're going to have to transform our wage structure um mm. uh and in a sense we have moved slightly in that that direction um there was a lot of talk about lalana's um wages and mm. I, I suspect well back didn't exactly come cheap either um on on Welbeck, yeah, his contracts up. I, I would re-sign him. Um, I, I've been impressed with him.
0: Uh, um, yeah, I would now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the last few weeks, him and Alana have really made that difference, haven't they? That pushed us over, you know, from the point where we were level with we Fulham with, and and to the point where now we're like seven points clear, and that's that's they've made a big difference. I think there those two.
0: Yeah, it feels like there's a bit more of a depth to. To the threats that we could potentially pose, doesn't it? We're not quite cracking it yet, but it does feel like there's a bit more excitement in the prospects for us as we go forwards in that regard now.
1: And Alana was, to be fair, always like that. The issue I had with Alana was he often went off after like an hour, 70 minutes, and then we seemed to lose our way a bit because he controlled the midfield so much that he was so dominant that suddenly we lost our kind of focal point in there. And the player almost that players were told to give the ball to because he was someone who made things happen. Or and if because, out, almost better in a way.
0: And because he, he's used to playing at a certain level above our standard, um, it's going to take time for players to get used to him. I think that's starting to happen and obviously will grow and grow it as a thing as time goes on. He's, on. he's with us for another couple of years, isn't he? And I think, you know, as we get used to what he can do and realising the sort of disguised passes that he might pop in, as we start anticipating those sort of things, that might open things up for us yeah. in, in an attacking regard a bit more later as well. I was really impressed
1: um, with his work ethic last night as well because he yeah, yeah. at one point in the second half, he won the ball, it bounced off to their player, and he went back and chased after it and won it again. And it's like a lot of players who are his age, who have gone to a, you know, left a top top four club or whatever and been there for so long. You could you can imagine them coming to Brighton and being like, oh, this is my retirement in a way. Oh, you know, I'll do what I can on the pitch, but I'm not going to write, you know, Chase after players like that sort of thing. That's a bit below me, but I mean, he shows no sign of doing that. He get stuck in. He's you know he kind of when he's been available, I think he's been a real asset. It's just that yeah, a it's it's his fitness, which we knew obviously, and also he's ability the last ninety minutes when he is fit, which he's yeah. which hopefully both have been sorted. Touchwood at the
2: moment. Yeah, I mean, he's he's played ninety minutes in the last three games, isn't he? Um, I I mean, I, uh, going back to the point you made earlier, Peter, I, I, I think you're right to say that. We, we've got a few kind of um, weekend, uh, um, midweek, weekend runs coming up, um, hmm. and you would imagine, you know, ideally that you get some kind of gross Lallana type rotation going on for those games. Um,
1: yeah, I, I can see Webster and Byrne coming back in for Chelsea to give us some more solidity, so they can, and then play maybe all five defenders: Burn at left wing back, Beltman at right wing back, possibly.
2: Well, the the thing there that no one's mentioned, I I can see um, Potter playing a back four with um, Webster as a a left back, actually.
0: It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah, it's an option. It's possible. Um, Well, to round off for for this one, then, um, just a quick word about the relegation battle. I think we're inching our way from major concerns within it Um, look at what's happened I mean Sheffield United first of all still on 14 points after another heavy defeat I think if my calculations are correct we might actually end up relegating them um, if certain results go in certain orders in other words if Sheffield United lose their um, their next match and I think if Newcastle get a point I think it is I think if that happens
1: we get that down anyway I think
0: yeah, it's something like that. I think it's something to do with the number of games. we possibly yeah.
1: need to lose to take it to the next weekend.
0: Oh, well, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so that that's coming closer. What's been an interesting twist, of course, immediately after Andy's written them off, West Brom have gone on an amazing run. 5-2 away at Chelsea. They're Speaking of Southampton, we're not the only team to beat Southampton 3-0. Their senior team, uh, West Brom, beat Southampton 3-0. Um, so two wins in a row. They're actually improving their horrendous goal difference, but not to any significant level. They're up to 24 points. They've got a game in hand on Fulham. So they're actually... The third bottom is in their hands, which is not something we were expecting a couple of weeks ago regarding Fulham, but Fulham have continued to drop points. I think, is it four defeats in a row now? Things are not looking great for them. Um,
1: Five even, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, if it hadn't have been for the fact that Newcastle managed to win at Burnley, West Brom would have been in with a shout out of the blue here. I don't think they are because they're still eight points adrift plus the goal difference. Um, they really unless they keep the beating teams three, you yeah, yeah, so it's already, but at least it's, it's, given them, yeah, it's given them a fighting fighting chance of at least having something to look forward to for the rest of the season. Um, they certainly could overtake Fulham, though. That's looking looking lively at the moment. I still um, don't see it. Yeah, my, look, my view is
1: if West Brom overtake us, then it becomes irrelevant to everyone else in the sense that we will have got no points the rest of the season. So
0: I yeah. just oh, don't they, see it happening. they can not got the no. They've got nine-point gap in the goal difference, so that wouldn't be a thing. What's been pleasing for me from the Newcastle point of view, I don't think it was all bad. The Newcastle one, because it did mean that a draw was enough for us to go above Burnley on goal difference, which is extremely satisfying. If we can keep above both Burnley and Newcastle, and preferably overtake Southampton and even Palace, who unfortunately remain five ahead of us after our draw, you know, I would be I would be most happy. I'm not asking for much. Joint highest ever position, thirteenth. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> And Andy, back to you for...
2: A yeah, I mean, um,
0: West Brom, <laughs> don't e- even entertain the thought.
2: I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> their are, they've got Leicester, uh, Villa, yeah. Wolves, yeah. Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham and Leeds. Uh, you know, yeah, you, oh yeah,
0: yeah, they're not seriously going to
2: survive. And I'll repeat something that I've said for quite a long time. Um, I think we've got enough points now to see us safe, I can't see yeah. getting beyond 33. Well, if they do get to 33, which I doubt they will, um, their goal difference means that uh, um, they just can't do it. Um, and West, West Brom... Yeah, so they're away, away games
1: are really tough, aren't they? They've got Arsenal, Chelsea and United away. Yeah. and They've got dreadful home for
0: so, yeah, so, mean, so gaining yeah, I, the goal I, difference as well would t- to seem unlikely, isn't it? They'll do I well to keep the goal difference down good. in the defeat City so again. Yeah. I mean you do I mean, they the are...
1: they've they've lost to Leeds, Wolves and um, Villa. I mean they had yeah. th- all, all three of those they had chances to win and they've messed it up, but
0: they, just... they were beating Villa, weren't they? And ended up yeah. losing comfortably. Um and the other thing is they've only got six games left. They've got a game less than us. So um it's a six point gap to Newcastle, seven point gap to us plus the goal difference. And, you know, to get seven points, as you said, Andy, in those six games, that itself is going to be enough of a challenge for Fulham, I think, at the moment. Um, is it possible that... Because um, I I, Burnley are below us on goal difference. I think they're safe as well, really. Um, I think have Castle... got an easier run-in. Um, they've got an running, run And Newcastle, they've got a couple of key players back now, haven't they? Which I think will be enough, certainly, to get them over the line. That they made can... a
1: difference on Sunday, didn't he? I mean, that was like, mm. set out the fold and scored the second within about 10 minutes of going on.
0: Yeah, that's right. Just a couple of other footnotes before we round off. Um, I did a little survey on twitter got 30 votes not a not a massive survey on should it be carbs or carbo as a nickname for kabovnik and um the overwhelming majority 90 percent thought it should be carbo um just thought i'd put that one out there also we had bob booker on last time out which we uh, really enjoyed had some great feedback actually from uh, regulars including tim hello to tim um yeah, really enjoyed um, interviewing him. He was, he was good value, wasn't he, Peter? And um, I know you, yeah. you were in the background on that one due to the Wi-Fi um, issues, but um, you, you stayed on board. And um, I think that um, was, was good fun. One footnote to it, one thing I forgot to ask him about um, was he, he was a keen athlete and he came second to Steve Ovett in uh, a localised uh, race, I think it was, um, but at a high level, um, which is interesting. So uh, we didn't really touch on his uh, prowess as a challenger to Brighton's own athletic um, star himself, uh, Steve Ovette. But um, yeah, it was good having him on anyway, wasn't it? it uh, a bizarre revelation about the spider incident on holiday in Spain as well. But there we go. Um, so on that note, um, just to mention, as we always do, or we usually do, if you can give us five-star reviews, if you could do written reviews, we'd appreciate it all on Apple or any other devices that uh, offer the opportunity to uh, to give some feedback um you can check us out by um well you can contact us i should say by twitter at brighton rock pod or emailing brighton rock podcast at gmail.com and we are affiliated with sport social if you want to find out any more about them it's www.sport-social.co.uk um boys it's been a pleasure thank you very much um, any final thoughts from the game? I think I'm, I'm going to assume a man of the match, I think. Um, apart from that, I've not got much a more, more to say.
1: Bit of news from today, actually, that occurs to me. Um, Rita Kedra, the, the attacking midfielder, we.
0: hope oh, you've frozen at a key moment there, yeah. Peter.
1: Sorry, exciting. Kedra. Rida Kadra attacking new deal. Contracted until June new
0: deal for... Yeah, new deal for Kedra. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's good. So, yeah. That's the sign.
1: Obviously, before he was injured, was the yeah, came on briefly at City, so obviously quite another, quite good prospect.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's was, it was strange, wasn't it? It was a cameo appearance, and he's not was not been seen since. But, uh, he but he's he been quite a lot, I think. Oh
2: yeah, he's
0: been injured okay. quite a lot while he's been out. Fair enough. But
1: yeah,
2: okay. okay. Encouraging. Mm. Yeah, I I didn't quite hear what you said, but um, it's the, the contract's been renewed to twenty twenty three, Justin. <laughs> case uh your listeners haven't as
0: well okay great cheers yeah that was a bit garbled for a moment there but peter's often garbled and with beer gardens now open things are only going to get worse aren't they soon
1: they're not in wales at the moment i've got i I've, I've got a wait go
0: back to london oh that's true yeah you can't you can't go in a beer garden can you at the moment It's um back to back to uh blighty next week um you've been in wales because your uh, fiance sadly lost her um her dad didn't she um, a few weeks ago so it's been sad times and um, yes thoughts are with her anyway Andy thank you very much for joining us it's been a pleasure sir Andy not and um, we'll see you next time we're on we've got um, hopefully going to do a preview before the Chelsea game which isn't um, isn't kicking off until uh, another early midweek fixture time isn't it so we've got on that, I think it's Tuesday is it next week Tuesday, for playing yeah yeah, so we've got to sit back and see what else happens in the meantime. Uh, so thank you for joining us, Andy. And in the traditional manner, we will sign out by saying, "Peter, stand or fall," at
1: the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.